Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 187 of the Get Around Podcast. This is James Cook, joined here, flanked to my left by Andrew Rosenthal, and to my right by TV7 and 4's Harrison Beebe. Two best bodyguards you could ever ask for, am I right? Gotta have flankers in football, Andrew, right? If anybody's seen Andrew and I covering games, they know he and I could protect anybody. Yeah, I, more like I'd protect your camera and let myself get hit and by I'd, a tech And guy, I'd yeah. protect your camera. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm more like gear first, so if a guy's running towards me... This actually happened to me once in the state we don't mention on the podcast. What? Which one? Arkansas? <laughs> Wisconsin? I don't know. I don't know. It, it was a state, I'll say that. It happened oh, to me. Rhode Island. Yeah, it, it would happen in a state. We can mention it. We just ring the bell. Oh, yeah. It happened at Kansas. Andrew, all your stories are there. You're going to go to your next newspaper, <laughs> and you're going to tell stories Kansas from reference. here, but you're going to mistook that they were in Kansas. Really? No, I, th- my I, prediction. no I think I'll know it happened here. But anyways, it's there was this wide receiver. There was this wide receiver who caught a pass. I think he was on a flag route, and you know he's running. He ran straight and then out towards the sidelines, right? He caught the ball, but it was like he toe-touched it, ran right towards me, and I'm shooting him with my camera. And one moment, I'm like, oh, cool. I got the release. It's a really good shot of this guy catching a ball and I'm right in front of him at the same time. I'm going to get run over if I don't step aside. So I did. I stepped aside, and the, the guy that was holding the flag got just, like, manhandled. You're okay? I was fine. Yeah. But he, like, legitimately got injured. Like, the- Oh, well, the, the flag hold, like the post, the post holder. Like you're working the sidelines, you gotta be quick on your feet. I, felt, I got spiked by a St. Francis player one time wearing flip flops. I felt so bad because like I moved and this guy got hurt. I don't know. I didn't. I that's didn't, just natural. I didn't hear anything if from you're the, on the sidelines at a football game. You have to be on your toes. You can't just act like they're gonna stop for you, especially if you're within three feet of the sideline. Yeah, I want to go back to the <laughs> getting cleated with flip flops yeah. on. I know, Saturday shift, I'm like, I'll just wear shorts and flip-flops, and I'm filming a touchdown, and they're so happy. One of the St. Francis, on the sideline. Kid on the sideline, steps on my toes. And goes, oh, sorry. I'm like, yeah, no worries, I'm just bleeding. It wasn't, I didn't have to go to the hospital, but man, did that hurt. <laughs> Insert swear words here. Like, I've never, I haven't gotten hit on the sidelines or anything like that. Knock on wood. Or Formica, or whatever this is. Uh but I almost got rolled up at the scrimmage that I was at on Thursday. I was out on the field taking photos in on, on the scrimmage because you, you can, can because they're only going one way. All right. So I'm basically behind Somebody the play. Sacked. Uh, no, like a, de- a defensive end was swinging around and the tackle kind of pushed him wide or whatever. And like the kid basically rolled and stopped when he hit my shins, but didn't keep going. And I was like, <laughs> See, almost tore grab. some ligaments. Yep. but. But luckily, came out yeah, unscathed. You're fine. Yeah. Well, it doesn't kill you. It makes you stronger. Those McBain kids. Oh, yeah. Farm boys. Speaking of those scrimmages, Harrison, I'm not sure if you were able to get out to them. Uh, zero. As, zero scrimmages viewed as by many, me. As many as we did. But we spent a good, num- good chunk of last week talking about the Traverse City schools. But what about the outside of area schools? Like, how good are they going to be this year? We got a lot of those an- questions answered last week. And. There's still some more that we have, but I think we're going to get right into that. Yeah, Yeah. with The Pulse, which is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. Um, I mean, you were were in attendance at one of the uh, more interesting ones, I guess, uh, with Kingsley and Manistee, where Mm -hmm. I guess Manistee kind of took it to Kingsley a little bit. 
You know, mm, that Coach Ward didn't like that. No, he wasn't happy when I talked to him afterwards. <laughs> he said, you know, he, he said, quote, it was ugly. <laughs> and that's what was in my story. You know, he did tell me they had a good group of seniors to leave, and they're kind of in a transition phase where they, these juniors that were coming up just kind of got to relearn their offense and relearn what they're about. I and think they can do it though, yeah, because that'll because come. that'll come. Yeah, that's because you know why they're Kingsley football it, and they're coached a, by Coach Ward. It's a tough situation too to be basically any Kingsley football player right now because even in just two short years, or has it been three years now since Ward? No, it's only been two, right? This will be the third season. Third that season. Ward's been back. Yeah. Right. So. I think so. In yeah. two short seasons, because literally last season was short, they have gone from okay, it's fine if you finish five hundred to. You better be conference champions, and you better make a deep playoff run. That that pressure is now there. Like, it hasn't been in Kingsley since war was there before. And as exciting as that is to get up for, it's also not an easy thing to respond to, especially in a scrimmage scenario. Thankfully, that's not a win or loss. It's what you learn more about how you're playing. It, it, it's the matter of, you know, that's the challenge now for Kingsley every year. They are no longer considered let's wait and see. They are considered must-see Friday night football based on Coach War's immediate two-year impact and the fact that they never had an end to last year's season. So um, that's, you know, I'm sure you ask most of those players on the roster right now, they're more than up for that challenge, and that's what they'll have starting with McBain this uh, Thursday night. So They might run into some trouble with McBain, but at the same time, I'm not too worried because I know War's coaching them and they'll probably prevail him be above well, 500 team we talked last week on the pod how st francis started 0-2 last year yeah and went to the state finals so yeah you never want to start 0-1 0-2 but it's been shown that that does not derail a season in any way shape or form st francis will probably tell you part of the reason they made that run is because they took those lumps early you go 9-0 and you don't know what it's like to you don't have that adversity i i like getting mm-hmm. a loss in the regular season if i'm a football team that shows me that i have something to fight for yeah and that was in a short season they started one and two yeah I mean, it was half well, it was 0-2. And I think it was 0-2. Uh, they won the, I think they won the second game and lost the third. So they started 1-2. Okay. Right, but well, but halfway through the season, the they had a losing weeks. record. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, I think McBain will give them a tough test. I mean, McBain is a young team. They have a lot of juniors on that team. And I've only, heard they're a big team, And only though. a handful of seniors. Yeah, but those guys get big guys. That they get literally big guys. something in the water in McBain is like it could never be more accurate than for any northern Michigan yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, they've got they've got Mac Bontico on that team, who was an All State player last year. He's six five, three oh five. He's not the biggest lineman on the team. Um, there's Caleb Camphouse, who's another uh, uh, their left tackle, uh, who's six three, two thirty. And then there's center Spencer Reed, who's a first year starter this year. All three of these guys are juniors, by the way. Spencer Reed is six foot, three hundred and fifteen pounds at center. So the two tackles in the center, they have. Just huge guys, and then so they could smaller eat, mobile guards, kind of like what Kingsley does. Cream at Asian buffet is what you're saying. Probably, yeah. got it. Yeah, maybe I bring those. Just want to give that the shout out for the week. Maybe bring those three kids in here and see if we can fit them in this. Maybe room. there's a good Asian buffet in McBain. I think there is one <laughs> in Cadillac. It's just not very go. far from just McBain. Jump up the road. Uh, like I said, they're they're very young. Um, uh, one kid that uh, that kind of stood out. In that scrimmage for them is a kid named Elijah Baker. He's a junior running back who just has like really shifty moves, um, but seem but also kind of needs to follow the play a little bit more. Kind of one of those kids who have a run that gains 20, 25 yards and then get yelled at by the coach because he didn't run the play that it was supposed to be. Uh, you want rogue? Yeah, um, but seems like a talented running back. Um, any of the other teams that you saw? stand out 
You know, I talked to Joe Smokovich for a uh, little bit at that Lake City scrimmage. He doesn't think they'll be the same Joburg team like they were last year that was, what, undefeated up until the playoffs. Yeah, they went to the semifinals. Go to, they went to the Uper Dome and played a heck of a football game. <laughs> yep, won a team and then came back and then against Ubley. Just, just that, that was destroyed. completely surprising, too. I didn't they, they didn't have no alibi coming. for that game. No. They just lost to Ubley. I see what you. No, I, I talked to Joe a few weeks ago too when I went to camp, and he didn't he didn't try and hide it. He said, "Hey, we're we're we got short shortest numbers I've ever seen, and he's been mm-hmm. there for about a decade, uh, if not more." And yeah, he didn't try and hide it. He said, "We're we're we're low, but I think there's a culture there in Joburg, oh yeah, in, in their division now. They're going for a four peat in the NMFL Legacy Division, and he he didn't mince words. He thinks they're still I I didn't say the favorite, but he thinks they still are right in the mix for that title, and he thinks he's got two of the best athletes." And Preston Marlette and Logan May. So even with the losing of Sheldon Huff, he thinks he's got two other superior athletes that can really help do some damage for them this year if they get their line in shape. He's he's pretty ecstatic. So we go to the Glen Lake scrimmage now. Um, I think we talked about a couple teams from that already, but uh, yeah, talk about McBain. They were they were there. Um, East Jordan was also there. They looked surprisingly pretty solid. I thought. I mean, the 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 problem they're going to run into is lack of depth. Because they only have like 11, 12, or like not that many. They better have more than 11. But they just, they just don't have a lot of guys on the bench. They only had like three or four, I think, on the sidelines. Well, they're ex- same they're with, expecting the same with Cardinals. Yeah, they're, they're expecting the a couple division. more to come out we once the season see a starts. Ma- a majority of that division might because they're the smallest schools. I mean, Frankfurt's all the only reason they were going to have depth is because they combined JV and varsity. Yeah, and they're in that division as well. So. Yeah, and and so did other other schools have done Manton that too. Did that. Man, and man's done that. I think Elk Rapids is doing that. I think uh, Mansalona is doing yeah. that. So we're seeing that happen more and more. Um, but uh, they look pretty solid until you know teams started wearing them down because they just don't have any backups to put in the game. Um, so I th- I think you'll you'll see some solid close first halves with them, and then maybe it slips away because they just can't just keep up with teams that can rotate players in that's kind of what happened in that game against Gwynn last year when they were hosting them is that East Jordan looked solid for the first half they looked like they were keeping up with them and then Gwynn just kind of got more athletic at the end Mm -hmm. so Tommy Reed looks like he has a pretty good arm at at quarterback they're a small team they don't have a I think they only have like one kid that weighs over 200 pounds on the on the whole team so they need more ice cream from Asian so and they do they definitely do they need to stack that up to the roof heard that's a secret East Jordan does open up the year with Joe Burke week one Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to throw it a lot. I think they're going to throw a lot this season because they're going to have to because they're not with they don't have a big offensive line, so they're not going to be able to just pound the ball. So they're going to throw the ball a lot. And and Tommy Reed has an arm. I mean, he's a very good pitcher in baseball too. So that's that. I think that's the strength that they're going to have to go to. Glen Lake looked like Glen Lake in that game. I mean, you know, they're running the same uh, aggressive downhill physical defense where they they try to wear you down and kind of a, a spread but more run heavy spread than than a lot of schools do and uh you know then they've got some some really good athletes on that on that team as well um with luke hazelton playing tight end on that team instead of offensive line now you got a six foot seven 215 pound target at tight end and uh, and he went up and got a couple of balls in that uh, scrimmage too. Um, he he can catch the ball pretty pretty well there. Well, so and obviously Glen Lake's very team driven, and Coach Angers being back for another year only only does them good. Um, but I mm-hmm. I asked when I was there. I said hi. You know the games I was at last year. Finn Hogan did a lot of stuff. 
So, I, yeah. you know, you, you how do you replace a Finn Hogan? And I told him, there's been a lot of, like, Cade Peterson, uh, you know, uh, Duke Andrews. You know, they've had players that have been, like, mm-hmm. Laker leaders, like Laker legends or whatever I described him as. But Finn is definitely one of those. And you don't just replace that overnight, and you don't just replace that immediately either. Um, it's almost a replaced by committee, at least at the start. Um, so I see, you know, that's kind of the challenge. You had a guy that's now trying to walk on to CMU and apparently doing pretty well. Um, so how do they replace that? Having said that, this is the Glen Lake Laker football team. You know, I think it's St. Francis and Glen Lake. You want to talk about the most consistent football programs up here year in and year out as far as contending for conference titles mm-hmm. and making runs in the playoffs. It's those two. So if there's ever a group I'm not worried about in, in recent memory, it's, it's those two. Mm-hmm. We moved to Frankfurt now? Yeah, we went to the Frankfurt scrimmage as well um frankfurt looked very good i thought they're in the same boat as schools like east jordan and joburg where they don't have a whole lot of depth either and a few injuries could maybe derail things but they've got like four running backs that can all take it to the house so they have like it looks like they have like about four guys in that backfield including the quarterback who can just bust off long runs whenever so they're a, they're a team I think to keep an eye out on. Um, I think they can kind of return to that Frankfurt expectation if if they stay healthy and uh, and everything. Uh, Elk Rapids is kind of in a, a bit of a rebuilding mode. I mean they've got um, they're another one of those teams I think that's getting rid of JV and only has varsity. They've got decent numbers, but they don't have a whole lot of starters back. And and a new coaching staff as well. Well, and they're replacing Gordy Lafontaine. They have, yeah, they have a new quarterback. Yeah, they have a new they have years. a new quarterback in Max Ireland who played last year. Who I was uh, told when he was in junior high wanted nothing to do with quarterback. Yeah, he was a running back. Yeah, but mm-hmm. well, yeah. he no, their new coach who was Nate Butte. Who Nate was, Butte, yeah. Uh, who was there when he started here? He was the sixth grade coach for all these guys. Yeah, uh, he said Max had wanted nothing to do with quarterback, and now he's the starting quarterback. <laughs> Which I'm not saying he's not ready for. It's, it's yeah. funny how like life puts you in that different direction. Yeah, and it's interesting too because uh, I mean, he played running back before at, at lower levels, uh, not quarterback, and now that he's a quarterback, he's a pocket passer, not a running quarterback. Not yet. Maybe he'll bust one out. <laughs> Maybe the you, defense n- least you never know. It. But I, I, Elk Rapids will be one of those teams that's you know you have to kind of wait and see how how things come about with that that young team um, there. And then Mancelona was the other local team that was at that that group. Um, and you know, and they don't have huge numbers or anything they either. Have Ralph Munger on the sidelines. They, side line, they so. do have Ralph Munger now. And Which is pretty nuts. That's pretty – that's insane. Right. When they told me that, I'm like, legendary Rockford head coach, for those of you who don't know who Ralph Munger is, yeah. 28 years. I think down there won three yeah. state titles. Won a he bunch made of the playoffs titles. 25 of the 28 years, and now he's just in retirement volunteering on the sidelines to help in Mancelona. Which is cool. Yeah, just helping oh, out. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> just, just helping out. Uh, yeah, the the whole Mancelona coaching staff is going on Thursday to Rockford's game. To support him, because they're they're naming their field after him. Oh, got it. That's and cool. then they and then they come back to Mancelona and play on Friday night. That's cool. Um, so that's just kind of a cool thing. The Mancelona also has the majority of its starting lineup from last season back. You know, they don't have great numbers overall, but they, they did win a playoff game. But I they saw. do have experience back, so they could be a team that you know they that go people have to two, look yeah. out for. Mm-hmm. They've got that sne- sleeper potential. 
think mm-hmm. there's a lot of teams you just read. You know, I basically lumped Glen Lake in the we know at worst they're going to be in the playoffs and in contention for their conference. I think some of these teams are not expected to be that, but it could surprise us. The team I just really want to root for this year, I really hope gets something uh, productive. Is Did you guys see Kalkaska? Yeah, what? I did. Okay. I really, I mean, what, you know, they, it's been they, they three lose, years now, Yeah, right? they, they lose Travis Blasco, of course. Well, I just, I mean, yeah. regardless of what the roster looks like, I just want to see them end that losing streak. Has it been, what, 2018 or 2017? 2017. Yeah, I mean, I just want to see them get a couple. I mean, obviously, one is great, but get a couple this year just to show those guys that that's, that's going in the right direction. And Jeremy Wilkinson, obviously a really cool guy, back for his second year with the program. So, yeah, and, sorry, Andrew. You know, yeah, he, when I talked to Jeremy, he said they return a good amount of juniors who were just really tough guys and bought into what the program was about. Junior quarterback, so... If not this year, then they have. I think it's gonna come within the next two years. Yeah. You know, I mean, you never want to see a team go zero and nine on one year. Obviously, I, I don't pick sides when I cover games. I'm all Northern Michigan all the time. Um, but I definitely want to see them get in that streak this year and and feel like they're making some progress. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of one of the teams I'm I'm really rooting for to just just get off the schneis as far as that as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. The other scrimmage, uh, I, I went down to Manistee on uh, Friday afternoon and went to the, the eight-player scrimmage down there. Right. <clears throat> there was Just to hit pre- on that one pretty quickly. And there were some pretty good eight-man teams there, right? There was. I mean, Portland St. Patrick was there, Wyoming Triunity. Those are both usually pretty good teams in eight players. Sutton's Bay, who's been in the state championship a couple times <laughs> here in the last few years. Uh, they were there. They looked pretty good as well. They've got a boatload of running backs. Sean Bramer, Matthew Kohler, you know, Kohler, Hugh Perryard. Hugh Perryard, yeah. And, yeah, they're, they're going to be pretty good. Dylan Barnowski's taking over at quarterback, so they got a lefty quarterback. I, I think that they'll be I think they'll be pretty good. I mean, Anastasia Catholic was there. Kyle McLinden is taking over as quarterback for them. Um, basketball player, some of you might recognize him from the basketball team. Hasn't played a fo- game of football in high school. Yet he's a senior. Perfect time to start. Yeah. Well, he tore his ACL as a freshman. He tore his ACL as a sophomore. Didn't play as a junior because he got hurt the first year. Has his knees tied together with and duct then, tape. And then uh, came back as a senior this year and won the the starting quarterback job. Awesome. That's uh, great. That's a, that's one of those things you you want to see. Yeah. A bunch of adversity and he's still there. That's yep. awesome. Um, and then Brethren was also at that one. We talked about them a bit last week, actually, about how one of those they're one of those teams has kind of been sneaky good the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, they look like they'll be, I think, pretty solid this year too. They did potentially suffer a a big blow in that game in that their starting quarterback got hurt with in what could be a broken collarbone in the scrimmage in the scrimmage. Okay. Yeah. Um, so which would be the second time in three years that their quarterback has been seriously injured at that scrimmage and maybe done for the season if they can rebound from that or if it's not as serious as thought then i think they're a contender like they've been in the last couple of years for for that league and and making the playoffs we'll wait till thursday until the football season begins we got two guys from one of the teams that have the second football game in the state on thursday i think we forgot to mention them in the opening but we got michael skirmerhorn and will gaston from trevor city west obviously they're facing up against midland and we've talked quite a bit about the battle of the big house in the last episode this is a quick reminder that this episode is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. That's going to take us into our interview, and we'll give a listen to that one now.
Get Around is happy to bring on Traverse City West senior football players Michael Skirmerhorn. Thanks for having me. And Will Gaston, both seniors for the Titans. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, as we always start off with is with the Freaky Fast Five, a uh, note, an ode to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. So I will start you off, guys, with uh, what is the most unusual thing you have ever eaten? It's a tough one. I've eaten um, veal before. Like, is that like, I think the baby cow or something? Veal, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting. How was it? Wasn't as good as I expected, but. It was it's really expensive. Yeah, it was, I was on vacation, so I decided to treat myself. But <laughs> I was going to splurge on vacation. Yeah, it wasn't worth the price. Yeah. I had gator meat one I time think, in, yeah, in, in, old, uh, in New Orleans. I was in Florida and I had gator meat. Yeah. It's kind of a thing in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the normal thing that you thought it tasted just like chicken? It was pretty chicken y. Yeah. Maybe a little more chewy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If we stepped outside this podcast room right now and you found a lottery ticket and like you cashed in, it's 10 million bucks, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> buy a car. That's an expensive car. Probably buy a car. Doesn't have to be all Doesn't have to be yeah. all 10 million, but okay. I would buy, buy an expensive buy a car. car. Yeah. <laughs> So what car would it be then? Like dream car? I'm in the market for a car right now, but I haven't been looking because obviously a, a ten million dollar lottery ticket might be a bit out of my price range. Um, so I don't know. I don't know yet. G G wagons look pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Or like an old like um, like Cadillac. That'd be cool. Top down. I thought you were gonna say something like the Lamborghini that's been I driving mean, around Traverse City. I'll probably have some extra money to spare. <laughs> some guy's been driving around a Huracan that's got 10, oh, really? a thousand horsepower. Uh, yeah. The, the race car looking one. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. I saw it the other day. It was nuts. Uh, favorite yeah. mascot in Northern Michigan other, outside of the Titans? Pit Spitters mascot is pretty cool. Does that count? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pit Spitters or um, the old, if this still counts, the Beach Bums, man. Uh, Sun. Sunbum or sunburn? Sunburn. Yeah, sunburn, sunburn and yeah. suntan. Yeah, sunburn. Two of them. He's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Sunburn. Sunburn. I, like I saw somebody walking around in a beach bum shirt just the other day. Really? I'm like, that's <laughs> four years old by yeah. at least by now. I'll just give this one just because I because I went to do karaoke this weekend. Uh, who is the best and the worst singer on the team? I think that might go to the same guy. <laughs> if that. <laughs> That makes sense. Oh, and oh, Will's yeah. Gonna know I know. Who I'm talking about. I know. Uh, Jake Morgan. Jake Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> he, can be, he can be really good or really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why it is that? Is, like, what? It's just him. Is he a choir guy or? Uh, no. no. Absolutely. <laughs> he not. loves every single '80s song out there, and he'll let you know that <laughs> he likes it, even if you don't want it. To say. Is that what's yeah. coming out of the locker room after games? Yeah. Is, is him yeah. singing rather than just some? Uh, some rap or Most something in oh, yeah, uh, the locker room. Uh, favorite jam from the, the decade, so 70s, 80s, or 90s? I'm going to tell you my least favorite right now, if that counts. Yeah. Uh, Detroit Motor City, um, that song. <laughs> <laughs> we played that three days in a row at our camp. That was our wake-up song. So after the first day wasn't bad, the second day we started to hate the song, and the third day we were just... We're just done with that song. Oh, we, every like, time that song. The old every Kiss time. song? Yeah. Yep. 
then we play it at practice now. And we're like, you just get just turn it off, coach. PTSD from, yeah. From camp. <laughs> yeah. They probably play that game at every Cadillac game, don't they? Because of the whole kiss connection. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. What is one thing that you will never do again? Will should never golf again. Oh but, yeah. <laughs> but, practicing. He, but, he, but he does. I'm practicing. Um, first time out there wasn't the best. Wasn't the best. I wasn't actually that bad. He was pretty bad. <laughs> but bad for my first time, I'll tell you that. But not terrible. So my friends are not good. But I've been out there a couple more times. I'm learning. What do you shoot? Working on. A lot. A lot, yeah. I haven't um, done 18 holes yet. I've done nine so far. Mm-hmm. My best one, this this was at a short end uh, golf course. It was like 44. That was my best one. But it was really like... It was the par three. It was the par, par three. three. Yeah. It, yeah. And, but I mean, I'll take it, honestly. Hey, you got to take anything in no. the 40s. And you're yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, one time... Um, so my buddy and I were trying to, we had a bungee cord and his boat, and we were trying to um, surf with the bungee cord. And so you pull back on the bungee cord as hard as you can to create a bunch of tension and then kind of plane out on the water. So you zoom towards the boat and then try and get in the surf wake off that off that uh, force. Um, and it, it kind of worked the first time so we tried it again i was driving um so we tried it again and he was pulling harder this time and didn't end up planing out so the bungee cord snapped back towards the boat and that was uh something that it Did was it? pretty cool the first time but probably probably never gonna do it again because it was close to my face i'm gonna say did it hit anyone on the it boat did not but it was close well, that was a Freaky Fast Five, so... And then we ended with a freaky moment, so it fits. There we go. So, on to the regular part of the interview. Yeah, you guys so, return 21 seniors. You're going into the big house in a couple of days. It's probably getting real for you guys, and can, can you just tell me what's going through your head as it gets closer and closer? Yeah, um, coming out of scrimmages, coming out of camp and stuff, um, we've been just getting more dialed in every day with uh, practice and game planning for Midland. And so we're super excited for, for Thursday. Can't come soon enough. Yeah, kind of what Michael was saying. Um, since last year we only had s- six games, it didn't feel like high school football with no fans. And now we're able to um, play at the big house. It's We're pretty excited, uh, especially when um, there's probably going to be like other teams there. And... Um, we're just, we're, well, Michael said, we're really dialed in to play Midland. Mm-hmm. We've been play him, we haven't played them in two years, so pretty excited. Yeah, you're the mid game, middle game of three that day. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, Traverse City Central's playing right after you. Mm-hmm. But I think beforehand is Lapeer against somebody from yeah. Lansing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think technically it makes you guys the second varsity football game to be played in the state of Michigan. Oh, really? Okay. For this season. Wow. Not this year, actually, because Skipper's game's in January still. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. But um, so what kind of things are you looking forward to to that game? You, before we this, we were talking about how some of the weird things, like how fast you have to get out of the locker room and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Go over a few of those things. Uh, it's pretty interesting little yeah. things there. Yeah, I'm sure Coach will give us a full rundown on every exact thing we're supposed to do. Um before, during, and after the game with the locker room situation and stuff like that. But other than that, it's just a, another football game, and we're super excited for that. And 
I'm not sure what the what the deal is with uh, leaving the locker room at halftime and then where we're going afterwards and stuff like that. But um, we'll figure it out, and hopefully that's not too much of a distraction from the actual game. Mm-hmm. I got to imagine it's going to be like, go here, go there. Right. And yeah. Like, okay, we'll do it. Uh-huh. Just my yeah. So, like, you have to remove your stuff from the locker room at halftime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That That's is weird. Told so far. That is weird. Have you ever had to do that before in a game? Not, not that we know. Not of. that we know. Of. Definitely not high school. No. Are you guys gonna blame Traverse City Central for that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and this will be the first game on the new radio station for for Traverse City West um, WGRY. And uh, so, it, does it, is it cool for the players to have that? game on the radio i mean obviously you're not listening to it because you're playing in it (laughs) but is it kind of cool to have that option for you know relatives that can't make it to the game or things like that yeah for sure i think it's going to be a good uh resource for especially relatives that uh can't make it to a lot of games or live somewhere else um and then it's it's west guys running it so it'll be pretty good i think and talk a bit about about what you guys do in the camp that you go to in claire for the first three three days of the once practice starts, you go, you go down to Claire, the, the whole team is there. What kind of stuff do you get to do there that's, that's different from what you would do here? Yeah, Claire's, a, Claire's an experience, uh, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, we went down post-dead week and then uh, got our phones taken and everything. And then we were off for three nights, practices, practices starting that, uh, that Monday morning. Yeah, we definitely yeah. got a, a ton better, and it's... I think it's good for us to pack it in and uh, put it all on us right away to just get us acclimated and up to speed as fast as possible. And then obviously the, the team building stuff and kind of brotherhood that comes along with going through that is is unlike something you could get just going to practice at the high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It was good just the team bonding-wise. Um, we're with the football guys literally every second of the day. After practice, we were sometimes able to go to the lake and swim, and then we did some ropes courses. Yeah, they definitely worked us to get um, up to speed for the season and everything. Did you guys camp there then? or yeah. There was a, a cabin that was kind of divided into four quadrants of, uh, of rooms that uh, a quarter of the team slept in each one, and so it was like uh, maybe 16 in each of them. Yeah. But we had the JV, okay. JVs with us as well. So. Okay, so kind of like little dorm rooms or something, yeah, yeah, bunks and all that. Yeah. Okay. What kind of stuff outside of practice did you do? I mean, you mentioned you know, swimming, that kind of stuff, team mm-hmm. bonding stuff. What what other kind of things did you do? Nap, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. They had, uh, they had some stuff for us. We swam, acquired swimming actually, so mm-hmm. got everyone down there. There was a skit night. That was a fun time. Oh, that was fun, yeah. Um, making fun of everyone, the coaches, uh, nothing's off limits. So. No. <laughs> like a roast? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it was all, all in good heart. It was fun. Mm-hmm. So what was one of the skits you did? We talked um, about Big Danny Rosa. Uh, <laughs> just teasing him about the coaches and just in general, the, uh, some players. Jake Morgan, we were going Jake back Morgan, to. Jake Morgan, yeah. He was uh, singing. Yep. It wasn't him, though. It was someone else. Yeah. Pretty poorly. Um, <laughs> pretending to be him. So. Yeah. And then it was just... But wait, you said earlier that he was the worst singer on the team. So the guy that must have sang at the... At the at Claire was better than him? <laughs> I mean... He, he uh, was trying to be He was poor. trying to be, yeah. Oh, intentionally in intentionally yeah. bad. Oh. A few JV coaches got in there uh, with their pregame speeches. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. 
some crazy end of practice rituals that were acted out pretty pretty darn well. Pretty well. So like what kind of pre post game or, or post practice? Uh, we rituals? had a scrimmage with Kingsley actually, and one of their coaches oh, yeah. um, went crazy with these sprints that both of both Kingsley and uh, we did. Or it was a seven on seven. Um, Owen Camp impersonated him it, yeah. to a T. It was. It was spot on brought us back to that uh that, those sprints. <laughs> yeah right, one thing uh, to go to the, to the story that was in the tab on you and your sister um is the videos that you make mm-hmm. with the doing trick stuff and everything like that just talk a little bit about that i didn't really get into that very much at all <laughs> into the story so i uh, wanted to kind of let you talk about that a little bit here so what are some of the things you've done i know you've won some awards for some of them yeah um I haven't done a lot this summer, but uh, last winter, my buddy and I entered a, a surf competition, and uh, the prize was a surfboard and a few other stuff, um, and we ended up winning. It was a, a video submission that we put in, and I uh, haven't got to use the surfboard as much as I'd like to, but we won it, and uh, that was awesome. And then maybe my sixth or seventh grade year, similar thing that a boat dealership put on um, and I ended up winning that too so it was free stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to do something that I like to do which is uh, create the videos mm-hmm. doing stuff like mountain biking and uh, kayaking and that kind of stuff right mm-hmm. I mean uh, wakeboarding I think mm-hmm. was one of them yeah. or something surfboarding all that kind of stuff uh, what's it going to be like this season just being able to play football again in a full stadium, fans there, cheerleaders, student section. For me, concession stand. <laughs> uh, what's it going to be like to have those those things back this year? Um, I mean, for me at least, this is my first like actual Patriot game with the fans and everything because last year it, mm-hmm. COVID and everything. So I'm very excited for the Patriot game. Mostly excited for uh, the student sections coming to our games every home game and uh it's just gonna be a, a lot of a lot of fun having those the students be part of the game pretty much yeah what's your favorite thing that the student section does just a chance we can always hear them yeah the, the themes that they do it's really it's, it's pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah. so do you hear them better than you hear the coaches yelling uh yeah sometimes, <laughs> sometimes probably yeah <laughs> what about you michael yeah playing with uh fans and everything is gonna be awesome it's been a while so you almost like forget about it um so i don't think uh i'll be like ready for it until uh, the first game with the student section i think it's gonna be a just crazy atmosphere because it's almost new to you again after mm-hmm. last year where it was pretty quiet mm-hmm. how weird will it be for that student section to be in the big house <laughs> Yeah, are they going to sound? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just trying to picture it and I'm wondering if they're going to sound louder or 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 if it's just going to echo or nobody's going to be able to hear it because the place is so big. You're right, the big house might be a little more looking like last year's games just because of uh, the ratio of open seats to people. And no matter no matter if our whole city goes there, maybe no, yeah. maybe there'll still be some open seats. So um, <laughs> yeah. it'll be weird for sure. Uh huh. It'll be a, a a big stadium to look at and all the. Um, It'll be funny because if we, when we score a touchdown, we'll hear just one little small area at the 50-yard line just cheering for us, but it'll be cool. So you know exactly where to direct your celebrations, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> wherever they are. 
Do you guys do you guys choreograph your uh, your celebrations for after touchdowns? Uh, last, last year, year we did because we weren't allowed to. We weren't supposed to like touch each other at all because of COVID. Because mm-hmm. um, during football you never touch each other, so right. why would you touch each other in the end zone? Right. Um, and so it was like air high fives and stuff like that. Like a bowling uh, um, ball. Uh, yeah, one of them was like a, a bowling ball where the guys lined up as pins, mm-hmm. other stuff like that. I know Will and Garrett, Garrett Schuler have a, a fun <laughs> one that hopefully we'll see. <laughs> coaches only coaches only allowed it for a defensive touchdown. Yeah. Um, so hopefully. Hopefully that'll come. You guys get to see it. You'll notice it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see you can't it tease it a little bit? No. <laughs> no. I'll tell our photographer, uh, Chad. <laughs> yeah, well, keep, yeah. Keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. Yeah. Should be nice in daytime. Good photos. Mm-hmm. So score a defensive touchdown during the daytime. Yep. Yep. Yeah. How, how different is it playing a game at 3.30? I don't know if we played any last year that were during the day. But last I remember. Year, I believe so. Past years we have. Yeah. But with, we're sharing the field with. Central and San Francis. We played a few Saturday games and and stuff like that. That have been at maybe. I think we one. played Holt at one, um, two years ago, mm-hmm. and, and that was a that was a fun game. So it, it it should be pretty regular. It's our first game of the season, so we're we're not in a routine necessarily of uh, this at five, this at six, game time at seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so bus at eight a.m. Stop somewhere, walkthroughs. Get ready, get dialed in. Yeah. Okay. And then just a couple of weeks after the big house, you get the, what would be the, the second biggest crowd, maybe even the biggest crowd of the year for the Patriot game. Uh, how much do you look forward to that? Uh, the Patriot game in general, I'm very excited for. But, uh, yeah, just because of the crowd and the magnitude of the game. Yeah, I can't say enough about how excited I am for yeah. week four. Mm-hmm. You get to play with Traverse City Central the first week and then against them and right. yeah. three weeks later. Mm-hmm. So do you guys get to stick around and watch that game at all? Or do you have to be out of the stadium? Can you, they, you can't just come back in and watch the game? That's a good so, question. Yeah. I, I assume if you have tickets for it, um, you'd be you able to probably come back, get back in just as a, a spectator. Um, mm-hmm. But since we are told to leave uh, right smack away. dab right when we get out, I'm sure it'll have to be through being a spectator, not an athlete. Mm-hmm. That kind of stinks. It seemed like you'd let the other teams watch, watch the game. Yeah. yeah. You know? Pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, There's enough seating, obviously. So. Yeah. They're not going to run into chairs. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Michael and Will, for uh, coming on the show. We'll have to hear some your foot your buddy sing. <laughs> we'll have to have him on next yeah. time. Yeah. Do a, yeah. Just oh, do like no, a little yeah. song on the show or something. something for like sure. That. Maybe we can get a, mm-hmm. a clip of him singing for you guys or yeah. something. Or probably not. That would kind of hurt your ears probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, the viewership would go down. Yeah. <laughs> the audio. Or would it go up because everyone would want to hear yeah. it. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Well, you'll have to go to a West game to find out. Uh, Thursday, 3.30 at the Big House. If they score a defensive touchdown, you know where to look, too. Oh, yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you to Michael and Will for joining us for that interview. Uh, they'll be facing Midland in the, the Battle of the Big House, so... Good luck Titans to them on Thursday.
Something's got to give. With that, we'll move on to the chatter that matters. Sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City, Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a fresh 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. Um, so for the chatter that matters, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of teams that just ended their season before we uh, start up the high school football. And But anyway, uh, the uh, the Traverse City Pittsbitters won the Northwoods League Championship. Uh, also, the Northern Michigan Wolves won the Greater Midwest Football Conference Championship over the weekend. So we got both two-time two titles. Two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Both. Uh, so two more championships coming to, to come into the area. Uh, Andrew, you kind of covered the Pittsbitters the last couple of games. Uh, what did you see there? Well, first off, the game Friday night was ended at like midnight. Yeah. So we're just like watching the stream, and I'm talking to my page designer, Brian Steele, and we're like, what inning we in? Oh, it's the bottom of the eighth. They only got one out. Oh, my God. And then they get to the bottom of the ninth, and it's one out, and Joe Bacriari. Yeah, the just... last third took forever. That's the worst possible time to win a championship, for, for me at least. I don't know about you, but obviously past deadline at that point. And I tried to call Josh Rebant. You know, they're in central time zone. Oh, he wasn't going to answer you for at least an hour. No, I, I called him, like, right after the game, and I'm like, hey, I just saw you guys won the championship, and uh, can you give me a call back? As he, as oh, possible? I was going to say, he answered? <laughs> like, get, can you give me a call back as soon as possible? And he didn't actually give me a call back, and I called him the next day, and he's, he says, oh, yeah, you can talk to the players, but they're kind of all asleep right now. <laughs> what time is that? It was, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Maybe on the bus ride maybe, back. Maybe it was some ten, partying. It was ten and a half hour bus ride, man. And then uh, I did. I did talk to Cam Schulke and Pat Holfeld. They did sound like they just woke up, though. So uh, sorry for if you're listening to this podcast if I woke you up. But we talked a little bit about the winning culture and at the Traverse City Pittsbitters, the kind of guys they recruit to allow them to win these championships. You know, when you look at what in the when you talk in the greater context of two championships, two full years of existing as a, as a franchise, it's not so much the players that you're bringing back, but it's just the what you're doing to make those players come back, right? I think that's exactly what Mickey Graham and Josh Reban are just doing so well with the Pittsburghers. They're creating a stadium that, a stadium atmosphere that just makes it enjoyable to play at and be, just be there. You know, we love covering games as media because, like, what two thousand people there, and it just feels like summer when you're there. And I think the feet, the players feed off that too. And that's what I heard from a lot of the guys. It's like, it's just fun being there when you're coming from smaller schools and you're not used to that. And even on the road, they don't have that. I didn't get to my story, but when you're down, they said they were, we were down in Battle Creek for a night, and it felt like there were more Pittsbitters fans than yeah, there, Bombers fans. There's definitely a dedication to the and winning. Obviously, helps when you go basically two for two. Yeah, uh, in your first two full seasons in the league. Um, but there's a dedication in that system, in that fran- franchise, team, whatever you want to call them, that is definitely not there for probably close to half the league. No. And, and that, it's not to say those teams aren't competitive, but the Pittsbitters can have games where they get shut out 8 nothing, and I definitely saw that happen a few times. This year. I, I went in the playoffs thinking this was not their year. They could have gone on a run, yeah, but I didn't think they were going to win the championship. I thought that St. Cloud team at 50 wins was going to be the behemoth the, of all behemoths, and they were home. Uh, you know, I thought all that added up to even if they somehow made that run to the finals, that was still going to be a huge brick wall for them. And not only did they trail in that game one nothing. Definitely, like the second inning, they just responded back and then had time and time and clutch hits. You know that really came into play, and they just kind of they kind of took that game away. Mario Camilla hits a home run, and 
But they just even before yeah. that they were playing it was, small the game ball, was over singles by that and point, doubles, though. yeah, getting the runs around. And at that point, you break the back of the opposing team. They pulled their pitcher after I think the fourth or fifth inning. They went through six pitchers. And yeah, at that point, yeah, they probably chased the starter. The Pittsburghers are probably just playing with house money because what more? They, they know they trusted their starting pitcher uh, on any night really in the postseason. And yeah, I mean, hats off to those guys. And Josh always says, you know, the priority is to develop these guys. The priority is not to win the championship. But that's, that's obviously a nice bonus when they do. And, uh, I mean, you can't can't deny the Midas touch right now of no. being that automatic in two postseasons. I mean, that, that is some incredible stuff. Nobody's repeated, I think. Isn't that the stat? Nobody's, Nobody's repeated, repeated in Northwoods League history. And this kind of is. I mean, Oh, you know, I think it totally I, is. I, I think it should count as a I think a it totally is. I mean, you, ne- you, know, you, didn't get everybody's... Play, you didn't get a chance to play outside your state last year, and you played the same team the whole year. Last year yeah. did not count. Yeah. I think to a lot of people, yeah. You can't play one team all year and judge, even if they, they lost, I think, to one of the Kalamazoo teams in the state championship. But you can't play one year and count that as a season of collegiate summer league baseball. You can't. Mm-hmm. That's irrelevant. That's yeah. that's a, that's an exhibition season at best is what yeah. last season was. And, and they you, were happy to get those games in, but that in no way should really count even, towards the legacy of the tournament. And even in that, they were in the, champ- the, the championship, you know, for the But they just had to win the one but, to get there. And they had yeah. three players that were ended up. Getting drafted by the MLB and Spencer Schwalbeck going the second round. I mean, that's a huge. We yeah. knew he was going to be good, um, and he wasn't back this year. But it's just that those are the type of guys they attract, and that's the goal of the Northwoods League is to bring in those players that are going to be stars one day. And Pete Alonzo, mm-hmm. the home run derby champ, Northwoods League product. Max Scherzer, obviously. Mm-hmm. Curtis Miguel Granderson. Cabrera, maybe he. No, he was. <laughs> Curtis Granderson. Curtis Granderson. Curtis was. Granderson yep. was. But and the cool thing is, is like a lot of these guys are going to CMU next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Adam Proctor's transferring to CMU. Chris Monroe's transferring to CMU. Mario Camelotti's already there. Uh, so yeah, a lot of a lot of Chippewas on that on that team. Um, and going back to what you were talking about, the team kind of staying even, and you know, the, if they lose a game eight nothing, that it's you know not a Doesn't not not a big thing yeah. for them. Yeah, when, the game I covered uh, when they beat the Madison Mallard six to two. Um, that was the thing that Josh Rebant was talking about after the game. He's like, these guys are just so even keeled, uh, you know, that that nothing nothing really phases them. Uh, you know, they had a chance to completely blow that game open when they had, you know, the bases loaded and and Tito Flores up, and he just cranks that one and you that outfielder and that left fielder. I, I would have figured that. <laughs> And that left fielder just goes up over the wall and, and makes a great like, catch to, to rob of a yep. rob a grand slam it would, that would have you know broken that game up. Some teams that could that could that mess hurts. them up. That's hard to come back. They could mess them up. Yeah. But thankfully no. they were in the lead. If they were behind, I'd be really interested to see how that. They were still I think up two to one at that. point. Yeah, but it was close. Yeah. And then they just kept pulling away from that. Mm-hmm. You know, after that, so you know, it, hats off to them for uh, for playing through all of this and and all the last season and a lot of these guys. We also had the Wolves. Northern Michigan Wolves Ooh. won the GMFC championship with that? a with a sixteen to twelve right was it sixteen sixteen to twelve win over the happened. Lansing Lightning which was about fifty points closer than either of their first two games yeah you know Evan Gattins I think scored the safety the defense forced seven turnovers in that game to hold Lansing to to twelve you know they got a couple of touchdown throws by Will Noble who was one of the the people we had up last week from the for the uh, Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And Gatton got chose as the game's MVP as well for the championship game MVP. So hats off now, to the did Wolves. Go, did I see correct? They go to a national tournament now. I think yes. Yeah, so I think they can go to like the national. It's, there's like a national semi-pro where all the the league champions I think can go there if they you know they kind of pay their own way 
type of thing. So right. you got to raise some money to be able to do it. But, but most most option. teams do. Yeah. So hats off there to the uh, to the Northern Michigan Wolves as well. And that will take us right into the Hall of Fame, where we have a couple of guys that we you know maybe just kind of talked about. Andrew, who are you going to put up? I got to put up Joe Orozco. He played that game against Madison and pitched a full nine innings. I kind of got at it in my story Friday, but the reason why they had the pitching flexibility on Sat on Friday was because Horasco pitched a full nine innings. You know, you didn't have to bring in Hofeld. You didn't have to bring in Joe Bucliari. Cam Schulke was available to pitch or to start the championship game. who has been your ace in the postseason, who's just improved leaps and bounds, according to the rebounds. The guy barely even pitched before this season. And kind of the man that set that all up was Horasco. It was only his second start of the season. Yeah. And the longest he had pitched before that all season was four innings. And he threw a complete game in the playoffs. Only on 106 While pitches, I was too. in attendance, too. I mean, that'd be enough to make anybody nervous. And it was only on, like, 106 pitches, too. Yeah, so. he, he was he was cruising there. He, he gave up a solo home run in the first. But it's like, whatever. And then after that, So, do we even give anybody cruised. else the nominee? We just give it to Joe? Well, I'm going to put up Mario well, Camaletti. Shul- Shulky would have been nominated, but he was last week, for those of you who listened. And, and Chris Monroe. So well, I mean, Schulke definitely from his two playoff. Of course, the last year, last week's show would have factored in that first playoff game, but then he clinched the championship game mm-hmm. with a, a good outing as well. Yep. Um, so normally he might be nominated too, but he was nominated last week. But uh, oh yeah, Mr. Super yeah. Mario. Super was, Mario. Uh, <laughs> he just effective. he's just like the engine for this team for this offense. I mean, he gets on base so much, helps them manufacture runs. Um, as we mentioned, one of those three guys that's at CMU. He just he just gets it done, yeah. Like every day, top when he's when he's at the top of the order. He's a perfect. Chris Monroe's batting and with guys on, day, on deck. He he just seems like an ideal number two hitter for like a future team. Like just gonna like Placido Polanco. That's who he reminds me of, honestly, from the Tigers back in the two thousands. I could see that. A little shorter, but like does everything. A little great Tony Phillips. A little Tony Phillips. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of great skill set there to to be right at the top of the order, second to the top, and just get, get high on base percentage and make things happen, and just pick those guys up in a situation where they need a base hit to feel like they're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and he works the count a lot too. Yeah, and oh, so those guys behind the smartest, him probably the smartest batter on the team. Yeah, so yeah. those guys behind him have seen a bunch of pitches, know what's coming, yeah. and have somebody on. Base well, and, well, and not to leave him out as well. I mean, Michael Steigels, hey, I, I can't read off his line to you, but I re- can recall two triples alone that he hit in the playoffs last week that were ginormous. They went to that game three on the road at Kokomo in the first round series, tied at six, and he hit a triple to start the top of the ninth that then made it a layup to get him home and put the go-ahead run. They won that game nine to six. Uh, and then he hit a big triple in that semifinal with the Mallards at home too. That just really, I mean, you get a guy that hits three bags like that. Like that's how is that? Speaking of Camaletti and his effectiveness and motivating his players, how is a guy hustling like that not going to get you motivated to put your effort in when you step up to the plate? So Steigles as well for his just momentum shifting offensive production has, has got to be nominated as well. So we got to vote. Let's put some Harasco sauce on it. That was pretty stellar stuff, all things considered. I think all three are super worthy. But I mean that that was that was a key game at home. To advance to the finals, and, and he did it. He did it in spades. He yeah. didn't even seem like he was that – and he just seemed pretty calm after the game, too, when we were talking to him. Yeah, he was like, amazingly like he so. was, like, letting out a lot of adrenaline and just, like, unwinding. He was just pretty cool as a cucumber, as they say. Yeah, Maybe he def- had some for was. pregame. 
Yeah, I was going to vote for Roscoe, too. Me- I just didn't want to vote for the only guy I nominated. Yeah, me too. So we'll make it unanimous. Joe Horosko, welcome Rasko to the Hall of your toast. Welcome to the Hall of Fame with Evan Gatton and a bunch Chris of Monroe and Crash Camp Schulke. Have fun. And just another reminder: this episode sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, they're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's, freak yeah. So, before the show, Harrison, you were telling us a little about. A movie you're watching. I was telling you a little about a, a series of movies I was watching. And if you listen very close, you might be able to figure out where I'm going with this. Because I feel in this movie, in this room, I'm the Don of the movies. But I'm willing to take your opinions of the best three-hour movie ever made. Capiche? So we're talking about three-hour movies. Ben-Hur, I think that's four hours. <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> I, uh, I've seen it way back in the day. I mean, the chariot race was pretty sweet, but aside from that, it's kind of... So the best movie... We'll even say close to three hours, because I think only two of the go- one of the Godfathers is actually over three hours. I think the other two clock in at 2.50. But mm-hmm. yes, I've, div- dri- <laughs> I've dived back into the Godfather movies. I was hesitant because they're long and slow, but man, you can't cut anything from those. We debated Wolf of Wall Street. You could cut a lot from Wolf of Wall Street and make that a better movie, but the Godfathers, you really can't cut anything, and it's okay... You just maybe got to break them up into different viewing periods instead of just all at once. Mm-hmm. But what is the best three-hour movie you've ever seen? Or series of three-hour movies? That you stayed on the couch and barely looked at your phone. Or maybe you saw it before phones were invented. Not you, Andrew. There's a, I mean, all of the Lord of the Rings movies are th- like three hours. Mm-hmm. And, with, and with The Hobbit, that's six of them. Don't you dare bring up The Hobbit. You're you're banned. We just banned you from the trifecta for even comparing The Hobbit to The Lord of the Rings. Oh, it's not The Hobbit's not as good as The Lord of the Rings movies were. Yeah, see, anything. nobody's but made it. I'm but convinced if, but no if one's made it through any of The Hobbits. But if you've seen all of The Lord of the Rings movies, you, you've gone far enough that you might as well watch yeah. all of The Hobbit movies. Yeah, there's a supreme difference. The Hobbit, as one book, is shorter than any of the three Lord of the Rings books, and yet they made that one book into three movies – because mm-hmm. they're selfish, money-hungry <laughs> losers. <laughs> they just wanted to stay in New Zealand Also, longer. the story isn't that good. They're fighting a dragon. Cool. I think they fight a dragon, or no, the Belrock in book, in book one of Lord of the Rings. Like, it's like the same thing. So, all right, so you're going Lord of the Rings? I'm not. I'm going with one of my favorite. Well, I went with Lord of the Rings. Okay. I'm going to go with one of my favorite directors, Quentin Tarantino. He kind of did. I, I kind of have like a split answer. Because I knew these were long, but it, it, Django Unchained, it's two hours, 45 minutes. We'll count it. We'll count it. That's your favorite three-hour movie? It just keeps me engaged, man. Like, you have, like, the two, like, half of the movie is Django's rising and, like, his his character development. And then you meet Candy and just, like, the whole thing changes because now you know everything about Django. And then Candy just changes everything. And you're just like, oh, God, I hate this guy so much. And ends in a complete epic explosion of the plantation in the background. I still think it's, like... Flawless movie. I can watch that movie end to end and just love every second of it over and mm-hmm. over again. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. But a close second to that is another Quentin Tarantino movie, Hateful Eight. Ooh, I hated that movie. So I, I'm not on board with you on that one. It's it was just like a good western. Like, and maybe if you like, I'm not a western guy, so like. It, it, it was just like a weird drama. Like, you know, it's like I, I, I bought into the hype. Like, oh, you got to watch Hateful Eight. Yeah, I watched Hateful Oh, Eight. I watched it. Yeah. yeah. 
and I, I did, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. It, it, we're like, if we're talking about long movies, like that was worthy of a long film. I'm not even gonna say Godfather. I mean, honestly, if you want the best mob movie, and you're just looking for like the meat and potatoes of it, you might want to go to Goodfellas. Cause I think Goodfellas all around is probably the most entertaining mob movie, but The Godfather and Godfather Two yeah. are definitely the most emotional and like deep rooted. It's not about yeah. it's not about the you don't laugh at those as much as you do at Goodfellas. Goodfellas is right. about having Goodfellas fun. a little more. Godfather is about getting sucked into paced. this family. Godfather is yeah. pretty depressing. They're two depressing movies. It's a little dark. We're not counting the third. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I'm even going to go with a movie that I don't even think is that good of a movie. But as far as their storytelling of it, it gets better as you go. Avengers Endgame. I don't think it's one of the best movies ever made. But the first hour is super slow. But you're into it because you just want to know what the heck is going on with all the people that disappeared. Second hour, they do go through all the time travel stuff, which I feel is kind of spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Avengers Endgame. <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> shame, on, shame on you. It's been two years. Disney Plus, folks. Um, second hour is all about the crazy time travel stuff that gets them out of the predicament. And then the last hour is one of the best end movie battle scenes I've ever seen. So, in my mm-hmm. opinion, yeah, is the whole movie top to bottom fantastic? No, but it gets progressively better as you go, which makes an experience like that easy to sit through as opposed to like a godfather where i love what i'm watching i just know i can't necessarily sit down and watch it for three hours how about gone with the wind for four hours mm. gone with the wind i'm still waiting that's, for gone with the wind part two. before my time gone even with, gone with the sun yeah django and chain I, I liked but i didn't think it was one of tarantino's best movies i think it's like wolf it could be it was it would be better as a two and a half hour movie but yeah also, Avengers Endgame would be better as a two-and-a-half-hour movie, too. But my argument is it gets better as it goes. So, yeah. so per usual, we select the winner of two free Jimmy John subs. All you have to do is like, retweet, or share, or do something with our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. This week, that winner is going to be Julie Hoffmeister Zrimek. Uh, congrats, Julie. We'll be getting a hold of you on uh, Facebook. So send you two free Jimmy John subs to use in Traverse City at the Thanks for listening to episode 186 of the guy. We will be back next week, so check out us then.